Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you tired of smiling and nodding through conversations you don't really understand? Do you often find yourself thinking, this subject is so confusing, I don't even know how to phrase it to Siri? Are you happy that feminism is a thing, but just a little tired of having to look like you know everything? Welcome to the School for Dumb Women, a podcast by dumb women for dumb women, where we investigate the subjects we're too proud to admit we know nothing about. Every week we cover topics that you already pretend to understand. I'm your host woman, Hannah Barrell, and I'm delighted to introduce you to my co-hosts, two times bridesmaid Caroline O'Donoghue, Hi. and packed lunch aficionado, Alessandra Haddo. Hello, two lunches this week. So tell me, Alex, why are you attending school for dumb women? Oh, I thought this was the Vera Moda fire sale. Is it? Is it not? <laughs> yeah, Am I no. going to be getting any clothes? Can I get a top today? Yeah. <laughs> Caroline, in. what do you hope to learn from your enrolment in the School for Dumb Women? I'm just looking for really good reasons to continue cleaning my ears with cotton buds because I enjoy it too much to ever fucking quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a science behind that, I feel, but I don't understand it. <laughs> I, just, I like People say that you're not cleaning when you're doing that, but I think you are cleaning because the, the bud is very dirty when it comes yeah. out of my ear. Stuff comes out, Stuff therefore comes out. it's cleaning. Yeah. I don't get the orgasmic thing that people get about this I never use them but I do use my fingers which but is have quite you gross tried? No I will I'll go home tonight And Hannah why is it that men don't worry this much about appearing smart to others? Because they don't have to Caroline oh. mm. So this is a safe space for admitting that you don't know shit about shit and every episode we're each going to bring a topic that we know embarrassingly little about and we're going to try to shed a little clarity on the subject. By the end of it, we hope to be just as smart as men or at least smarter than some German shepherds. Here, here. I have slept with a German shepherd. <laughs> Not the dog. His you surname have. was Shepherd and he, oh, yeah, and he was German. He's the German shepherd. Wow. He was smarter than me. It was very infuriating and he was funnier than me in English, my own language, and he was German. So today's lessons are physics, economics and languages. Oh, that's the bell of academic clarity. You don't say. <laughs> Let's get started. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm here. So for the first lesson, Alex, it's physics. You want to talk about planes? I want to talk about airplanes, as the Americans say, or aeroplanes, as we say, because we are considerably less dumb. I'm quite a nervous flyer, but a few years ago I was 
the the nerves were chronic. It's like my brain just stopped working because I'm a dumb woman. And I, I just couldn't understand how the plane was going to get off the ground. Honestly, I woke up in a cold sweat the night before and my dad had to come down and drive me to the airport because that's how scared I was. And so I decided to research how they work. How do they fly in the sky? The sky has nothing. Air is nothing. Air weighs nothing. I thought, how do they travel the world and not just drop out of the sky? Could they drop out of the sky? Mm. I don't know. Why don't they drop out of the sky more? Because I don't understand how something the size of a school can get off the ground using what feels like not a lot. Dylan Moran, the famous Irish comedian, says that we're all pretending we're in a cafe. (laughs) Whilst secretly in the back of our head, we're like, how the hell is this thing in the air? So how is it in the air? Tell me what you think. How does it work? It has a lot to do with physics. (laughs) Yes. Um, And a lot to do with... um, I mean, the long runway, it's all about getting that speed, gathering up thing. <laughs> it's right? about the I wings, feel like I'm on a ranch. It? It's, it's all about getting that speed. <laughs> it's uh, um, So lots of speed and... Speed is key. I feel like the, the air is important too, that it goes through. There's something to do with air going over... Or under, Ooh, I'm not we're getting sure. somewhere now. The way like you cheated, like you looked this up. Already. No, that's just a that's just a thing you learn in school. Well, that's that the party has line somehow stayed right? in my brain. That you you say, oh, air goes over and air goes under. Well, when I first started reading about this, it didn't reassure me because how simplistic does this sound? Okay, I'm going to read just a couple of sentences off the bat. A plane's engines are designed to move it forward at high speed. That makes air flow rapidly over the wings, which throws air down towards the ground, generating an upward force called lift. What about upthrust? I thought upthrust was a thing. I think that's in water? I think that gave me cystitis once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the actual force is called lift, which sounds very basic. It's not like, oh, it's actually called... The molecular levitation of particles. No, that's Just like lift. a caveman doing physics. Does lift? Lifted. We should call it lift. And so the upward force called lift overcomes the plane's weight and holds it in the sky. The wings force the air downwards and that pushes the plane upward. It sounds too simple to put something the size of a school into the air, you know? But I'm very I wasn't a nervous flyer now and now I am. Yeah. I have lots yeah. of questions. <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, this is just making it worse because what the hell? But four forces are at work all the time. So there's drag and thrust, which is the engines. So the engines push so much energy backwards that it thrusts the plane forward. And speed is a massive impact. The speed plus the rate at which the air takes longer to go over the top of the wing than it does to go along the bottom, that's why it's curved on the top, creates a vacuum and it creates lift. What? Yeah. So do that bit again about the air taking longer to go over the top. So the air takes... So the wing is curved, right? You're on the plane. And yeah, you know, the bottom sometimes is straight, they make it, the they, top is curved. The little flaps come up and it makes it curved. You mm-hmm. see that? And the air takes longer to go over the top than it does under the bottom... And so that creates a small vacuum. Do you know what? This is my dad's explanation. I think we should just stick to what I've actually read. But then to make myself feel better, I also Googled, could a plane technically land okay if the engines failed, right? Because this is what pilots always tell you. They're so relaxed that it makes you want to throttle them a bit because they're like, oh, planes can't even really crash, man. And then you're like, but they do. (laughs) (laughs) And so... This is quite interesting, actually. An aircraft which is forced to land without any propulsive power is called a dead stick landing. 
every plane has a glide ratio. So, for instance, at a cruising altitude of 40,000 feet, a Boeing 777, which is a plane that you go on holiday in, can glide for about 210 kilometres without engines. How good is that? That's good. Go That's plane. fine. That's like a really long way. That's like yeah. the... You can go going across like a, a good section of countryside. You can you could have a nice glide, guys. You, you can, can choose like, the field to land yeah. in. Yeah. Planes are great. Planes, Planes are, are such a great. smart man. Yes, and I once heard from a pilot <laughs> that you could the, the wings of a plane are so uh not elastic, that's the wrong word. Flexible. Ben, flexible that you yeah. could actually bring them both up and they could touch and they still wouldn't break. So you could bring them up above the plane and curve them both to touching because that's how much that's just stupid image so basically they can flap if they wanted to (laughs) planes do flap that's what we've learned today yes my very last point aside from googling 10 weirdest plane crashes which is a whole other podcast i feel my very last point because one of the things that made me scared was like it's it's air air is nothing how is this thing flying through nothing but turns out Air has weight. I feel like I I feel like I knew that. Air oh, has yeah, weight. Oh yeah, no, because then you have helium which weighs less than air. This weird. <laughs> air is a physical substance which has weight. Air pressure is created by the molecules moving around. Moving air has a force that will lift kites and balloons up and down. See, this is exactly what, why I think this podcast is important. Because like air has weight is something I'm just accepting because you've said it. Like, oh, I always yeah. knew that. But did I? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was discovered in 1640 by Bruno Tonioli. Sorry, Eva Gelesta Torricelli. And his girlfriend. And, nice his, and his girlfriend. But she was left off the paper. <laughs> she was a lady. Feminism. But that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. But that does make sense because then you have... The atmosphere where it's just air. <laughs> Caroline has got her bibs out, everyone. I'm sorry, just so it's you know. really warm in here. <laughs> it's so warm. I'm virtually topless because it's so warm in here. By the end, because we're just the air be is so heavy. In yeah. a nudist colony of warm, heavy air. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you have you have uh, gravity and the atmosphere, and the gravity is what pulls the air down to keep the atmosphere in. Is that how that works? Don't go into territory that you don't understand, Hannah. That's the whole point. I'm still a dumb woman about atmospheres. But we've learned about flying. Yeah, we're smarter women about flying, but maybe even dumber about atmospheres because now we know how much we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the path to enlightenment, surely. I feel like this podcast is just going to bring up more and more questions. Yeah. Lessons learned. Okay, so how undumb do you feel about planes now? A bit less undumb. Yeah, a bit less. A good bit less. Yay! Yay. Dumb clap. <laughs> Okay, roll that little bit closer to becoming smart women. Yay! So that was a lot of learning. <sighs> Time for our Women Who Code Mixer. Oh, our mixer. I love our mixer. Oh, I love coding. I love networking while I'm coding. So to become a smart woman, everyone knows you need to not only have a website, you need to build your own website and then you need to know how to code it mm. with codes. So codes. here's a code to learn. <laughs> Public class factorial, open bracket, public static void mainstream, square bracket, args. <laughs> good, good. Silence in the classroom. Sorry. Final it, num underscore facts equals 100, colon, four brackets, int i equals zero, colon, i bigger than num facts, colon, i plus plus. 
I think that's all I can learn this week. I think that's enough. That's enough for So now. what we all go away and memorize that and then come back and say it. That's coding, Caroline. That's coding. That that's is what coding, coding is. Mm. You're a woman who codes now. And for those oh, of you that don't God. know code, if you actually put that into a coding device, that actually comes out as a feminist comment. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's about the pay gap. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on yes. to our next lesson? Caroline. I'm excited. Mm, as am I, friend. As am I. So um, for my lesson today, uh, one of the things I've always been really confused about is um, grammatical gender nouns. Now, I'm not talking about like gender pronouns, which is obviously like a big um, conversation happening in the world at the moment. What I'm talking about is specifically when you're like when you're 13 or 14 and you're learning like French or German or whatever for the first time. And, you know, it's exhausting because you've got all these words you need to learn. Um, but then there's also like w- like words before the words that mm. you have to learn. You have to know if it's le or la or like if you're basically if your word is a girl or a boy. Or les. Or les, yeah, last true. It just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me, and it, it always confused me because I, I, I couldn't commit any of this to memory at all, and there was didn't seem to be any shortcut because you know sometimes it was really easy, like um you know a female animal had a female pronoun or whatever, um but sometimes it was just random, like yeah, like the question I want to ask you is if you were going to try to learn a language fluently, do you have to individually? know what each word is as in masculine or feminine or is there some kind of formula you could apply no right no there's not yeah so, like, you do have you do really have because i learned french uh, uh, ah. ah, yeah. Oui. and uh yeah you have to learn and i get them wrong all the time still but french people don't really care because the difference between le and la unless you're saying baguette which i still don't remember but i kept getting corrected in the bakery <laughs> <laughs> like they just they kind of like they're quite similar words yeah. they know what you're trying to say you're trying to say the yes and they're like and oh. i feel like bread right fresh bread is the only thing that french people actually get offended about that's true yeah. isn't it but like there there are some words where like in, in certain languages um in or italian for example um el cura is the priest but la cura means the cure. So if you get those two things wrong, what? you could end up with a with a priest at your hospital when you want drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Reading you your last rites and actually just needed some calpol. <laughs> and what's even more confusing about it is that it's not like um what's consistent across any of the languages. So sometimes it makes total sense. Like in Italian, like um gatto is like a boy cat and gata is a girl cat, and that like that's fine. Yeah, great. But then like in like in Welsh, there's like the first letter changes, so a boy is a mar and a girl is a far. What? What if you don't know what gender the cat is? I. What if the cat doesn't have a gender, guys? <laughs> gender is fluid. Well, there's in, in lots of them. There's like there's um there's masculine, feminine, and neuter, isn't there? In lots of languages, but yeah. it's all it's all incredibly fucking random, and I just don't understand how anyone learns to speak in a new language. Um, yeah, with, with this, like when it's like it's a whole other system, sub language to learn on top of the language, and we don't have it. We don't have it, and, and I've found out why. Oh, Ooh. yeah, tell really us why. Been smart enough. Um, well, um, you know, first of all, one of the very comforting things about going on this journey is um, everybody feels the exact same fucking way about it. Um, oh. Because I spent a long time today um, on different forums for people who are linguists and people who are learning languages. 
But I eventually I kind of picked through like lots of Wikipedia pages and lots of different people arguing about it. And I got some like really interesting reasons why this actually happens. Mm. So um, a lot of it is to do with like flexibility. According to all these people arguing, it's that you could be very specific about what or who you're referring to without repeating yourself. So it's about like flexibility and a lot of um, linguists were saying that like, uh, I don't know if you've heard it was French journalism in particular, like French sentences tend to go on much longer yeah. for than, than what an English sentence would go on for and still be incredibly precise about what's going on in that. Yeah, about, they've about got the lots detail. of words that refer to things that have happened earlier in the sentence. Yes. Oh. But they're not gendered words. Oh, really? Because that's... Unless, oh, actually, no, I guess when you're saying like... Uh, there is an elephant in the room, the one which we had seen earlier, blah, blah, blah. You'd say, if you knew it was a female elephant, you'd say laquelle. And if it was a male elephant, you'd say lequelle, probably. Yeah. Oh, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, because elephant is a gender. But if, That's if what it I mean, was something why else... does a fictional elephant have a gender? Yeah, because the species has a gender. Yeah. And then yeah. each individual elephant, elephant has a gender. gender. Within that. Yes, yeah. so within that's the double gender. Yeah. Welcome to double gender. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, our agenda is gender. <laughs> um, another reason for it is that um, a lot of these uh, languages are based on inflections as well. So stressing how you say something can make, mean it very differently. Well, like, in Mandarin, there's six inflections for every single word and they yeah. all mean something completely different yeah and it's, it's it's there seems to be rules within every single language that is regarding like you inflections and pronouns and all kind of thing but for some reason england or english isn't really affected by it anymore and the answer to that is actually really interesting because um you know, obviously, before um, we have the English we have now, we had old English. Ye olde um, English. Ye olde English, Ooh. yeah. Which isn't even like Shakespearean, just even before that, it's kind of, it's almost Germanic and slightly Celtic as well. Um, some of the words still exist, but a lot of them don't. And they had um, grammatical nouns, you know, for thousands of years or whatever. And then, obviously, the Vikings came over and all that. And, and you know, England <laughs> and all that. And all that. <laughs> And England became one of those few societies where um, Vikings just sort of merged with the culture there. And then, so there was two main languages that were happening on the island, which was Old English and Old Norse. So people were trading with each other and marrying each other and, you know, developing real communities with one another. Um, and in order to sort of like save time, essentially, they dropped pronouns oh, for nouns. Right. Um, or gram- they, they dropped gram- grammatical nouns just to limit the confusion because everyone was speaking a different language and then they just fell out of use. So were people like, why are you late? And they said, I've got had too many pronouns today. And then <laughs> so they just took a vote. Everybody be on time now. Yeah. We're scandy, we're very efficient. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm saying, I keep saying pronouns, but I actually don't mean that. I mean grammatical nouns, but for some reason I just keep, you know, you, you know what I'm saying because pro- pronouns is slightly different. I'm just a dumb lady. I'm just a dumb lady. <laughs> um, so... That's kind of the best theory that linguists have, what why this stopped. Um, but they know that it kind of faded out between sort of the the, the kind of what we refer to as the Middle Ages, really in England, um, which would be between eleven hundred and between fourteen hundred. But again, really fascinatingly, this is a really good like piece of history. Um, in the sort of thirteen hundreds, the Black Death happened, so the Black Death kind of impacted agriculture forever, um, and labor got much more expensive. 
So people started to move away because there were less people because people just were wiped out. So people were moving away from farming societies and moving towards kind of city life. And that's why London's population exploded so much as well, um, because farming was still incredibly tough work, but there wasn't enough people to do it anymore. So they had to sort of get on with the fucking industrial revolution so they could sort of make it better. So they stopped using agricultural terms so much. So it wasn't important as important anymore to know the difference between a rooster and a chicken or a girl horse and a boy horse and that kind of stuff, which is where a lot of these words come from. It's like, because for agricultural society, it's very important to know what male animals and what female animals are. And then everything kind of spreads out from there. Whereas like Italy, Spain, those cultures were agricultural for much longer. So there is an argument that people were having online that I can't back up now (laughs) saying that, um, that the Black Death may have impacted this. Wow. Yeah. What kind of plague was there in the mid-noughties that meant thousands of people took the pilgrimage to London for media jobs? And the SARS. It was SARS. SARS. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Hannah, you looked at me through that entire thing like I was fucking mental. Yeah, 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 pretty much. But I still don't get, like, why in the first place you would have been like, we need a female table and a female chair. But then a male computer. I did see something very interesting about that as well. And um, they think that it may have stemmed from the uh, the old notion of having assigning gods to everything, gods and goddesses. Oh. So you, you you even get this in sort of um, in Catholicism where there's like patron saints of like sore throats. So there there is sort of a long, long tradition of whatever is an important thing in your life, you assign a kind of a god or a goddess to it. Um, so that could make... Yeah. female or male like St. Bridget in Ireland is like the patron saint of like 900 things because people just if you're in that kind of dogmatic way of like oh I need to and I pray for a piano and I pray for table <laughs> and I pray for clock and it's, I it's, love lamp yeah um, it's it's one of those things where it's one of the so incredibly old that nobody has a sure answer but there are some incredibly interesting theories about it surely the patron saint of sore throats would be St. Valentine am I right? Oh, I don't get it. blue jazz. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah, okay. Now I get the joke. I'm not dumb anymore. Well, I feel undumb as well about languages. Yes, thank you, I Caroline. Like there thank are some you. actual legitimate reasons for things that we have now learnt. Yes, I'm going to go home and Google the plague. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> so, third lesson of the week, my lesson, I chose economics, but because I am a dum-dum, um, I chose, like, the biggest possible question. Um, Let's go. <laughs> And the most important, I think. I think the only important question when it comes to economics is what you're about to talk about. And I'm really interested. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to look into this because um, I was transferring some money to my friend and I thought, oh, if you have like a premium account, I bet you don't have to use the card reader because I always lose the card reader. Um, and then it was like, well, as, as the bank accounts get bigger and bigger, do you just have to like kind of put a fingerprint on and then it moves accounts? Um, Minority Report style. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was kind of thinking about moving money around generally. Mm. And then I thought, if you're a country, how do you do that? And where is your money? Like the deficit. Yeah. Who's got it? Where is it? If we're in debt, we're in debt to someone. See, this is always um, useful in Game of Thrones because there's there's like the Iron Bank and it's like this one bank that controls all the money in the world. And I always assume that there is a kind of an iron bank in the real world, but I don't know is if there, that's true. Is there one? Hand? Well, okay, so there sort of is. Basically, the way it works is individual countries, they don't just have one huge bank account, which is kind of what I was thinking would make sense. Because right. then you can just pay everything out and pay everything in. Yeah. And like, you know... You're not going to be late on payments because you've got money from other stuff in there. Yeah. France hunting around for its card reader. <laughs> yeah. How oh, the fuck did I put that? <laughs> it's Theresa female May. card reader. <laughs> la carte. La carte reader. <laughs> what card reader in French? Uh, la, la, la liseur des cartes. Something like that. That's hot. God, they're so much sexier than us, aren't they? <laughs> um, right. So. England has the Bank of England, yeah. which isn't just kind of a name for a bank. That's the Bank of England. Right. So, like, that's England's bank yes. that it uses. Okay. Which I kind of just thought it was like, the, you know, RBS or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's just a bank, right? Yeah, I, like, I nobody too had thought that, yeah. Nobody banks, like, no, no muggles no. like us bank with the Bank of exactly. England. Exactly. So, so norms can't bank with the Bank of England, yeah. but England banks with the Bank of England and it owns the Bank of England. But also, um, that doesn't mean they could just put money in the accounts whenever they want, which is what right. I would do so if who, I owned a bank. Who runs the Bank of England? Just Mark like normal, Carly. like normal, like work, working Joes, working stiffs. Just like, yep, mm. I work at the country's money. Well, it's like civil service, <laughs> I think. People who work in the Bank of England, right? right. So, so they're not like investment bankers who are like. I mean, there probably are as well. I think there are investment bankers in the Bank of England. But I think they're slightly more legal investment bankers. It's sensible. Okay. They're I'm the still, good ones. I'm still worried. So I learned that the Bank of England has all England's money. That's fine. And then Alex said something about gold reserves. Yeah, apparently we actually have gold. Yeah. And I was horrified because I didn't know that a gold reserve was a thing. And I Googled it and it's huge. Like, everyone else in the world knows about gold reserves apart from me. Right. I, I knew that they existed, but I still am baffled by where Same. it is. Is it like in a cave underground or what? Right. So, um, in the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, which is basically like the Bank of England, but for America, um, has the world's biggest known stockpile of gold. It has 550,000 bars. I feel um, like this is a plot in Die Hard. They yeah. try and steal it, don't they? In Die Hard 2. So, it's $200 uh, billion worth of gold. Uh, and it's all in one place. And basically how it kind of worked originally was each country would have a 
like an account in the you know dungeony bit right and if like france wanted to pay germany they would kind of contact them and be like hey move a few gold bars over to germany's oh. section that's literally how it works but into the section yeah, into their, yeah. you know, I mean, they probably had like, they're probably like locked up. They're gringotts. Vault, that's vault. the word. But, so, do we still use that method or we, because don't we borrow against our gold reserves? Which makes no sense because what about inflation? And it's just like, oh, well, we've just got a hundred pounds. So that's all we can ever work with. Yeah, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Right. You'd have to ask an expert, which I'm not. Um, but apparently they don't really use gold reserves in that same way anymore like as in to make transactions right um apparently there was only one last year oh is that because we're in such dire financial straits i think probably because it was like i don't know guns or drugs and things (gasps) guns guns can we blame george osborne that's all i'm bothered about okay cool so is it like are they like what does this gold look like is it like a gold brick yeah yeah literally a gold brick literally gold bricks with like the stamp of bank of england on it yeah, that's so stupid, isn't it? I know it's it's, it's so, so stupid. pantomime. Like it's yeah, such a pirate thing to do. Gold is only valuable because we say it's yes, valuable. exactly. Yeah. Someone could say like oh, it's worth the same as a packet of quavers, and you'd be like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. it looks nice. But... In which case, I've eaten a lot of money. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? When you think it's one of those sort of like two joints in sort of one in the morning like yeah man like conversations that you have but like <laughs> yeah but like when you think about money for longer than like a minute it actually blows your fucking mind yeah yeah because, because money is all just debt as well yeah money is yeah. all loans because when you have like a 10 pound note it says on it i promise to pay the bearer on demand and that's because originally you would have gone to the bank and you would have given them your gold and they would have given you the 10 pound note in exchange for ah, your gold like a token yeah and then you could kind of give the 10 pound note to someone else and then that person could swap it in for your gold so the money was always like in the bank but now we don't even have that yeah. we just have we just have the papers money's a construct <laughs> Guys, um, so for the bank, for the whole like bank account question, I asked a friend because I feel very dumb about this still, even after Googling and I went on forums. Whoa. I Whoa. know. Was it a like, male friend or a female friend? A female economist. Oh, she's not a dumb The only woman. one. Does she code? She's, yeah, of course. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All smart women code. All, All smart, smart women, women code, code, Caroline. So she says, because I wanted to know do they literally just have that one account or because I mean if you're moving gold around that sounds like it's all just one account you're not going to be like oh but this is gold that's for uh, uh, pensions so we have to move it into a different pension vault of gold (laughs) so but basically she's banned by an old old man (laughs) obviously Um, but basically it's not one big account Um, it's lots of smaller accounts so each country will have a different bank account within the Bank of England or the Bank of England will have a different bank account for each country. So you'd have like one for cash and one for stock and you'd have one for euros and one for, I don't know, uh, dong and one for <laughs> That is one for dong. <laughs> Vietnamese ca- memoir. <laughs> <laughs> so and she says, for example, Credit Suisse has several bank accounts with another bank for just one country. Of course they a country in Europe might have an account for euros and an account for their home currency. And every account has an account number, which is part of the puzzle to help transfer the money. So it would get far too messy if there was just one account. Um, sounds like it's very messy anyway. Mm. Yeah, it not sounds a good system. super messy. No. And then 
my friend, the economist who codes, mm. asked another friend, but oh. a man economist. Uh, mm. man on She's high. already lost credibility. Yes. Mm. Well, uh, he said, each bank will probably use the central bank for the currency of that country. So GBP for the Bank of England, Fed for US dollars, etc. For euros, probably European Central Bank. Why are we not in the European Central Bank? Because we're dickheads. Yeah. So definitely multiple accounts because of every bank's relationship with the central bank and they will probably still have other accounts for different currencies. I'm a so, dumb lady right now. And he said, difficult question. Oh, dumb man. Dumb man. Alert. Dumb man. Ooh, dumb man at the top. Yeah. <laughs> not surprised. No. That's um, why they're in this mess. Because <laughs> there's just a guy, right? There's a guy at the top of the Bank of England going, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just numbers on a screen. <laughs> There's no real money. There's no such thing. And then, then he just sort of consoles himself by going to one of his yachts on the south of France. Yeah, pretty much. But it made me feel better about the whole thing because I feel like I came out of this deep dive into global economics mm. with far more questions than I went into it with. I mean, it was a yes, no, just as a country have bank account. Like, yes, no. And I guess the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not the way you think. Yes. <laughs> and I feel I should say a generic statement that should be said by a sort of man in his early 60s. The Chinese have all the money. I think that's what. <laughs> no, they do. And also, They do. We all owe the Chinese. When I was on the do forum. We? Yeah. Do I? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the time. Rothschilds. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah. The Rothschilds own like all the central banks. And someone said um, there are only six countries that have central banks that are not Owned by the Rothschilds. <gasps> Which countries are they? Um, and and who are they? Oh, three countries: Cuba, Iran, and North Korea. So I mean, essentially, those the all renegades. Suck. Yeah. I mean, Iran might be fine now. Cuba's but... probably quite nice now. I don't know. Oh yeah, Cuba is nice now, but it's still you know communist. So, but nice I mean, that was this was from Reddit, so we probably uh... have to discredit the whole thing. But interesting. I want to do a whole other thing on the Rothschilds, Caroline. I feel like you have a lot to say about them. Yes. I don't know anything about them. Really? No, nothing at all. Oh, let's they're do the Rothschilds. And people say they're like Illuminati and lizards and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, they are the Illuminati family. They own everything. Wow. They well, that's that's next step. episode then, I guess. So, do you feel less undone? Less undone. I do feel less undone. Yeah. In general. No, I mean, I feel less dumb. Yeah. Less undone means you feel more dumb. That's oh, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I'm so dumb that I didn't realise what less undone meant. I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Okay, so we've learned about languages and we've learned about aeroplanes yep. we didn't really learn about banks I but feel. we've delved in we tried we've been strong women today. yeah we have we um, have been it's strong all women. about admitting what you don't know guys mm. that's what it is <laughs> it is you're right yeah we just need a man next time to come along and tell yeah, us how it does actually work <laughs> um so every week we close out the show with a smart lesson about how to survive when you are a smart woman with a job and with a Smart app. Yes, yeah, smart app <laughs> in a smart clothes. world. But who goes? Hair conditioner. Yes. Mm. Which hair conditioner do smart women use? I think Aussie. Yes. Oh, yes. I think that's the smart woman hair conditioner. I think it used to be Tresemme and then they've got a bit snobby about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think anything you can buy in a vat is not smart no. woman. It must be small portions. Small portions of kangaroo juice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for our smart lesson this week... 
we're tackling how to write your first memoir. Oh, mm, yeah. Mm. So very important question. Yeah. So my theory on the first memoir thing: when I write my memoir, when I am a smart woman, I'm going to stop when I get to like twelve because I don't want to write myself out. What twelve chapters? Further memoirs. Age, age of twelve. 12. Oh, right, I see. Because otherwise, if I write up till now, I have to wait for the rest to happen before I can write more. And so as a smart woman, you want to get more money from more books. Yeah, you want to get mm. more. You don't want to... You don't want to... You want multiple memoirs, yeah. yeah. You want multiple memoirs, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what Russell Brand did in his late, latest memoir, which was My Bookie Book 2, in which... Wasn't Everyone, that like seven years ago? Yes, exactly. And he's it's because, waiting. He has to wait. He wrote himself yeah. out of it. And it's because he ended on what everyone really wanted to know, which was his marriage to Katy Perry, who he's married to when the book was released. But he ended the book on, and I and I met her and I knew I was going to be with her forever. No. Yes. And then so you're left wanting more and everyone's like, oh, I can't wait because there was only about three years between the number one and number two. And now he's sort of like, that didn't work out. <laughs> Yeah, no, because the thing is, Russell Brand, he could have done just his childhood as one book, his addiction as a second book, and Bookie Walk 3 could have been the Katy Perry years. Yeah. Yes. He so could have done a whole other one. Days. Yeah. yeah. He could have had. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about being a smart woman. You gotta know how to get paid, ladies. You gotta know your paydays. <laughs> know how much you're worth. Yeah. Only yeah. you decide. Oh, I well, think small text. <laughs> yeah. Big text, surely. Wow. No, big text. Big, big text. text. Yeah, yeah. Because smart women read big books ah, so you yes. need it to be a big book you're right and you've only got 12 years like three of which you can't really remember properly so some smart um, women can oh really the very smart ones the very smart ones can they remember, remember being born birth. yes wow and always having to feel lesser somehow <laughs> <laughs> even as a baby <laughs> even though they literally emerged from the symbol of womanhood I'll save this for the memoir. Yeah. Yes. 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 No, it definitely has to be a lot of personality in there, a lot of like personal grief. Yeah. Angst. Mm-hmm. Create some if there isn't any. And the title should be something that you said in protest that went viral. Mm. You know? Yes. Or something was said about you and then like you're like nasty woman. Like, nasty or... woman leans in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bloody difficult woman and her Brexit plan. Yes. <laughs> the memoir. I also think that if you're a smart woman you will put more effort and more research into your acknowledgements than you will the entire book. Yes. Because basically what you have to do is butter up the egos of other women in your field who are more successful than you and like thank them all and be like, oh my God, thank you, Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> thank you, Courtney Love. <laughs> when actually you just got pissed with them in a bar once for Oh no, years you've ago. never met them. You've never met them. Just but their influence <laughs> on your life is so... Yeah. Uh, oh, just cram, cram as many famous women as you can as possible because one of them will pick it up and be like, oh, this is nice of them. And then she'll Instagram it, uh, and then everyone goes to Barnes and Noble to buy it. That is such a smart idea, Caroline. I know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, my yeah. book is coming out next year, guys. You just wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also, you have to also seem like you weren't smart enough to do it on your own, so that other women don't bitch about you. Oh yeah, yeah. this book could not exist without the support of the other yeah. helpful women. Yeah. And if anyone praises you, say no, it wasn't me. It was everybody else's contribution. It was our baby. Yes. Exactly. With my story, mm. with our baby. So that is it for the School for Dumb Women for this week. If you have any dumb questions, dumb comments, or dumb things to say about how awful we are, please tweet us at dumbwomenpod. Yay! Yay! We've got a Twitter account. <laughs> we coded it. Yeah, we coded it. I have it. Squarespace. <laughs> I tried to use WordPress and I can't do it. <laughs> okay, <babe. laughs>
Join us again next week when we'll be discussing candles, flame, wick, fire, in my house, expensive, smelly air, caterpillars, butterfly, or no, what's in their cocoon? Why are they so globby? Moths. The same or different somehow? Human centipede. And also Wi-Fi. Internet. In my house. (laughs) Everything is in Caroline's house. Tune in next week to find out why. (laughs) Oh, that's the bell of academic clarity. (laughs) In my ass. Let's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Jesus. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That's a big rod. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.